So we're here today with Aiden Thomas, who is the writer of the upcoming Cemetery Boys. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I know your book isn't out till June 9th of 2020, yeah. but is there anything you can tell us about it, like maybe your elevator pitch? So the elevator pitch, when I actually like pitched it to my editor, it was um, a boy who can summon ghosts. Uh, or no, it's a boy accidentally summons a ghost and then he can't get rid of him. <laughs> That's like the... That's like worst case scenario with like one of those OG boys. You're like, nope, nope, but take it back. Right, exactly. Yeah, so um, that was kind of like the pitch as it started. Um, but like at the core of it, it's really about um, my main character, Yadriel, who is a trans-Latinx boy mm-hmm. who lives in a community of brujos. So I call them brujex as a gender neutral term for everybody. Mm-hmm. And basically all of them can see and communicate with spirits. But traditionally, the women can heal the living and the men can release the spirits of the dead to the afterlife. It's about Yadriel kind of trying to prove himself and find his space within his community as a brujo mm-hmm. when they're very not accepting of that. They're very much can only think in the binary. So it's kind of Yad's trying to prove himself and trying to like show that community and like, yeah. I love the name Yadriel. When I was reading it, I was like, this is a great name. It's my favorite name. So that name, that's one of my favorite names of all time. Before Cemetery Boys was even an idea, I was just like talking into the void on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is there anyone else out there who's like, you have these favorite names of characters, Mm -hmm. but you like, can't think of like the most perfect story for them so you just have these names and you haven't done anything with them yet and one of the assistant editors assistant editors at the time now she's an actual editor um at swoon messaged me because i had said my two favorite names are yadriel and julian and she messaged me she dm'd me and she was like you know, you could write a book, use both of those names, have them be love interests, and then the hashtag could be Yadrian. And I was oh like, I was like, that's a great idea. And then I ended up using those names for Cemetery Boys. So that was that's, really funny. That's perfect. Yeah, it was super perfect. Just, I had, I've been hearing a lot about your upcoming book. Like all, all, like everybody who's in like the book community is like, this is a book that's coming out, and so people were so excited that you were going to be here this weekend. It's bizarre. It's very strange because like I just. I'm still very much like, no one knows me. I'm just kind of here, and I'm just trying to have a good time. And then things start happening, like the EW Mm -hmm. uh, cover reveal, and I'm just like, what is going on? It was very strange, (laughs) but very exciting. But I don't don't think I still kind of have a firm grasp of kind of what's going on. That's okay. I mean, it sounds sounds really good. Like, as soon as, um, like, it says on Goodreads, like, Yezreel, like, brings back a ghost, and he kind of doesn't want to want him to go away anymore and yeah I'm like, yes 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 please absolutely gotta get that gay romance going <laughs> yeah. uh what would you say was your favorite part in writing the story at the time it probably wasn't my favorite part mm-hmm. but kind of like retrospectively i was like actually that was like really kind of important and awesome i'm latinx but i am not fluent in colloquial spanish mm-hmm. um so when i was writing this book it was really important for me to have a lot of spanish in it and the way that I use language, when I use it, and how it's said is really important to the story and the characters. So when it was time to like actually do that dialogue and kind of pick what was going on, I, like I said, I'm not fluent. So I was like, I'm not confident in my own abilities to be able to kind of suss this out and really figure out what's going to be the most poignant. And I have um, my friend Francisco, I like looped him into kind of being like, 
my support system, my like sensitivity read for the Spanish part. Mm -hmm. And so it turned into this really fun back and forth of like, I would be writing the scene in the middle of the night and I would text my friend Francisco and I'd be like, hey, so I'm on this scene and I'm trying to put this across. I have it written as this, but I feel like that's too formal. But I feel like if I do this, it's like too like dramatic. And so it ended up being like these really long conversations with my friend about kind of like the semantics and syntax of Spanish and like how a teenage boy would speak as opposed to like um, like his grandma and stuff like that. So that was really I really kind of enjoyed that kind of having that connection with Francisco and kind of being able to kind of talk about Spanish and all the different nuances to it and even just like within different Latinx communities how that works and comes across and what words people use and what words they don't use so that was really fun I really enjoyed that part which that's, sounds weird but no, no that's a great part to really yeah. enjoy I mean whenever I text my friend she just points out everything wrong with my text mm. message and she's like weren't you an English major and I was like do you like, want to vote twice so, <laughs> you know what that's fair I'm like what you don't want to play this game with me yeah <laughs> Um, so are there any, like, writers or other authors that, like, inspire you? Um, absolutely Zoraida, who wrote, mm -hmm. um... <laughs> Here we go. I was like, no one, no one messaged me. No <laughs> Damn it, Dad. Yeah. Um, He's taking care of the dog, and I keep oh. checking in my room. I'm like, did you go outside? Did you feed him? Did you pick him up and take him outside? Because yeah. it's cold, and he doesn't want to go out there. <laughs> You're like, there's a whole process to this. Yeah. Um, Zoraida Cordova, absolutely. When I read uh, Labyrinth Lost of the Brooklyn Brujas series... Oh, I love that book. So good. I... It was, like, completely game-changing for me, I guess. It was the first time I ever saw Latinx culture being represented, especially in the vein of Brujeria. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, we're actually allowed to, like, write these stories? Like, people will buy these books. Because, like, growing up, I didn't see myself and my various different identities in text, like, at all. So to all of a sudden have that, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I, like clung to it and I'm so deeply in love and that was definitely a huge inspiration for being like I can write this book and like talk about Brujeria and like have Latinx people on the page and like being like culturally specific without trying to like whitewash or anything like that yeah. which is really really cool so yeah. yeah that book and Zoraida in general huge inspiration I like admire and look up to her so much no that's really great I mean and 20, 2019, 2020, and all the years coming, I mean, there's been a big, like, outcry for more yeah. diversity in books because people want to see themselves in books, not yeah. just, you know, the average, like, 16-year-old white girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, being nothing special, but apparently, like, she's very talented. Right. She's <laughs> the world, she's chosen. Yeah. What would be a tip that you would give to an aspiring author? <sighs> Read as much as you can, honestly. Because, like I said, even with, like, Labyrinth Lost, reading will help you find that inspiration. It will also help educate you in your genre so that, mm -hmm. first of all, you find out what genre you want to write, and then you know what kind of canon you're working with. A lot of people say, I've heard a lot of authors be like, oh, if I'm writing, I can't be reading. And I'm the exact opposite. Like, mm -hmm. I need to be reading while I'm writing because, like, I'm getting inspiration, I'm seeing how other people do it, and I'm learning from that. And another big one maybe the most important would be to like find your people and to mm -hmm. find your community i hear that a lot from authors especially yeah. when i come visit seattle 
because we apparently we have very like aggressive booksellers who like buy for events that's amazing so yeah i have a couple of friends who work at like bookstores yeah like, do you know how much we piss off the other stores yeah for buying for this year yeah <laughs> yeah um what were some of the challenges you faced when writing um so specifically for Cemetery Boys, when I drafted it, I had six weeks to draft it, mm-hmm. the rough draft. And that was really super challenging. So the time constraint was hard, but I'm pretty good at quick drafting. I am a plotter, oh. like down deep in my soul, and I do it to like such an extreme degree where I have, first I'll write a general outline of the whole book, then I'll write an actual like synopsis walking through the whole thing. And then when it comes time to actually writing the book, I will do outlines per chapter per scene. So it's really like, it's like my outlines end up being like 40 pages <laughs> because I do it so detailed. That's good. Cause then you can just like go back and just fill it. Yes. In. And it makes drafting really quick, which is great. Yeah. So why did you only have six weeks though? So when we were trying to get cemetery boys out into the world, um, Cemetery Boys is actually my option book. Mm-hmm. The first book that I sold is called Lost in the Neverwoods. I was going to ask that yeah. a little bit later because I'm like, I see you have another book coming yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so I sold Lost in the Neverwoods. We went through that entire editing process. We sent it off to copy edits. And that's when my editor was like, okay, let's start talking about option books. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, this idea. And um, she was like, absolutely, let's do that. So I sold Cemetery Boys on proposal and like 50 pages, so like the first mm-hmm. like three chapters, I want to say. And everyone really liked it. Everyone was really excited. And at that point, we were trying to basically get it out as quickly as possible. And we were going to do it like my two books were going to be like four months apart, which is super cuckoo bananas. And um, what ended up happening is that I quick drafted it so that, you know, we could start working on it as soon as possible so that it would get as much attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and by attention, I mean editorially. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so we had enough time to really go through it and make it what I wanted it to be. And while that was happening, it was kind of, it was getting attention. And it was getting noticed. And then my editor was like, you know how do you feel about making this your debut novel? Because this book speaks so much more to kind of who I am, especially mm-hmm. my identity, right? Um, and having Lost in Neverwoods be the second one. And I was like, I was like, I guess you could do that, but it is so frustrating, right? Because Lost in the Neverwoods is done. It is yeah. written, but it's not coming out till like January 2021. So it was because we decided to make that be my debut and mm-hmm. kind of switch all the schedules around. It was just a really tight deadline. And that was really difficult. Um, writing it really quickly. But I think the emotionally difficult part was being like, I'm writing a book about a trans Latinx boy Mm -hmm. in a fantasy setting. It's, this is, it's not the first, because indie and small press has been doing it for forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's going to be, it's going to be one of the first, like, out in the general public, this is going to be something. There's not a lot of this type of book. There's not a lot of this, like, multiple um, identities in one kind of character. And that was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And I was really stressed out about not representing a trans boy correctly or not representing a Latinx boy correctly or not representing, like, Latinx culture correctly. And that 
put a lot of pressure on myself and I was really worried about like messing up or doing something where someone would be like, well, that's not how my experience is. And I deeply believe that writers should absolutely have sensitivity readers, even Mm -hmm. for identities that they have themselves, because internalized racism, transphobia, and homophobia is such a real thing that I was really scared that some of my internalized stuff would end up on the page and that'd be hurtful to young readers. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified of that. And what really helped me with that is I told that to my editor. I was like, I'm really scared. I really want sensitivity readers. And um, then she was like, okay, we'll get sensitivity readers. And they got the ones that I really wanted. And that made me feel a lot better to at least like have that buffer, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And then my sensitivity readers were amazing. And they did point out stuff that I didn't even notice because sometimes you're so blind to your own internalized stuff. Like it slips through. Um, so I was terrified. I'm still terrified about that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's very with, scary. With any book, just one person reading it. I mean, as we know, with like yeah. blood air, when yeah. one person freaked out about it and all these people who hadn't read it freaked out about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do, the thing I care most about writing my books and publishing is reaching and speaking to young readers who don't feel seen. Mm -hmm. And I never want to cause them harm. And that is my main objective. It will always be my main focus. Um, So I'm terrified of that. But I I think think I've got something really good. (laughs) I mean, I'm really excited to read it, although I'm not any of those. Right. um, any, like, the minorities that are in it. I'm, yeah. I'm just a Jewish girl. Yeah. <laughs> Living in this white world, right? Um, but, yeah, no, I totally understand what you mean. Uh, in the book process, and then it's totally out of your hands. Like, if it gets yeah. picked up for, like, a movie or a TV show. Oh, completely. I was just hands. talking with, like, my book mafia group here in oh, Seattle yeah? <laughs> about, like, Let It Snow, and I'm like, I know everyone's really excited for this. I love the book, but I'm like, the one Jewish story in it totally got taken out. That's a bummer, but really? They had every other, like, minority in it, and oh, I'm Jesus. just like, okay, then. Thanks. Yeah, guys. like, are we now putting a hierarchy on, like, minority representation? Let's not do that. Yeah, so <laughs> it sounds just, like an awful idea. So it just cracks me up, because, like, everyone I meet, they're like, what? You're Jewish? I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, the only Jewish girl in this district, apparently. <laughs> Even growing up, like, everyone's like, Christmas, and I'm like, like, can I have eight days off for Hanukkah, please? <laughs> You're like, please, thank you. I'm like, I don't care, I don't care about this holiday, but yeah. sure. Yeah, which is super valid, right? Yeah, so it's just, it cracks me up. I just met someone who was like, uh, just wrote a comic book about Jewish main characters. And I'm like, that's amazing. Does it have anything to do with the Holocaust or um, falling in love with yeah. the Nazi? And he's like, no. And I'm like, then sign me up. Yeah, like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, all I've ever wanted, right? Yeah, I think I've uh. read two young adult books. And that's, I'm very, like, iffy on the second one, but I yeah. definitely read one that none of that happened, and it was just yeah. about a Jewish girl, like, finding her roots. I'm like, that is the best book I've read. Isn't that a bummer, though, that, like, publishing, they're not, maybe not interested is the word, but uh, folks, I feel like, think that you can't have a minority story without touching on minority suffering, mm-hmm. which I think is, like, such, like, that, first of all, it's a bummer. Second of all, like, let those kids have happy stories, which yeah. is another thing that I wanted to do with Cemetery Boys. I'm like, that's, there's that's no suffering around him being trans other than him trying to, like, make his family understand, mm-hmm. like, who he is. There's no suffering around his race or his sexuality or his, like, transness. And that was really important for me. Because I was like, I want readers to, like, have fun and have a fun book yeah. that's not being dragged down. Those books absolutely have their place and mm-hmm. they're important absolutely 
But However, we need some other stuff too. We need some other stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um. So this is like a question from some other authors who I talked with. Okay. I mean, it's aspiring authors that are my friends. They're asking like any tips for publishing. Like, what would be like a tip that you would wish that you knew before like going into the publishing process? I guess. Yeah. So. I absolutely just kind of stumbled into publishing, and I'm still very naive and don't know a lot of what's going on, and I am just kind of trying to figure it out I as I like go. I feel like everyone feels that way. Oh, it's crazy. Like, apparently, I just, like, I'm here, and I've yeah. written all these books, and I, what? Yeah, I was like, I have no idea how anything works. My agent and my team, my editorial team, are, like, so supportive and wonderful, because mm-hmm. I'm always sending questions. I'm like, how does this work? Um, so having a, again, finding your community is super important you don't have to be going to like school or like you know getting your ba or your mfa in creative writing in Mm -hmm. order to find community there's online community everywhere twitter is a great place to find your people Mm -hmm. um places like if you do fan fiction like ao3 that's another great place to find your community um like i read an insane amount of fanfic yeah which is amazing (laughs) like and like let's be honest most of the so I have two books. I've only ever written two books. Mm-hmm. Those are the two books that are being published. My third book, so Lost in the Neverwoods and the third book that I'm working on are basically just glorified fan fiction. And that's fine. <laughs> and like, but like, fan fiction is so important and it's so beautiful. There's so many creative and talented creators out there. I'm like, heck yeah, fan fiction's amazing. I mean, Seattle is like the place of fanfic because, yeah. I mean, Fifty Shades Grey is fanfic yeah. for Twilight. Yeah, right? It's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Um, so that's fantastic. And in terms of kind of like knowing how the publishing industry works, Twitter Twitter can be awful, but Twitter mm-hmm. can also be super informative and educational. And when it comes to learning about the publishing process, you should absolutely jump on Twitter, start following agents and editors and mm-hmm. authors. And like that's how I did a crash course on how all this heck and stuff worked. Um, so that's great. Absolutely. That's a good one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just write as much as you can. So as we talked about, like, uh, Lost in the Neverwoods, Lost yeah. Lost in the Neverwoods. So, when I was looking last night on Goodreads, it was saying that, like, it was also coming out in 2020, but so, you mentioned 2021. Yes, so that's incorrect. I should probably update that. So that's another thing. That's <laughs> like, it. I'm keeping track of everything, right? Um, Lost in the Neverwoods is coming out January 2021, so just barely not 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, it was supposed to come out in April 2020. But that was before they we decided to make Cemetery Boys my debut. Mm-hmm. So everything got kind of switched, flipped, and kind of pushed back. Uh, so, yeah, January 2021. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it looks really good. I'm always up for, like, another Peter Pan Wendy yeah. retelling. Like, one of my friends, she's, like, I'm a huge fan. She's, like, but you need to, like, write a book about, like, Wendy and Captain Hook. And I'm, like, <laughs> You're, like, that's not my ship. I'm, like, that's that's not my ship. I'm, like, if it's the Captain Hook from Once Upon a Time, yes. And I am on any ship that he's on. Valid. Yeah. Um, so, as you were talking about, you are working on, like, on a third book project. Is there anything yeah. you can tell us about that or no? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, like, I, I just do stuff until, like, my agent's, like, Aiden, you should probably not tell people that. I'm, like, oh, my bad. So the working title for that one right now, I'm just calling it Max. And it is about a transgender boy, his first year of college. And uh, after he graduated high school, he took a year off to transition. And so this is him kind of starting his new life as himself. And um, he is stealth trans, which means that when you look at him, you general people would automatically code him as male. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about him 
going through college for the first time, but also like going through second puberty and going through all of these things that trans folks go through Mm -hmm. that like no one really thinks about. And like his first time using a communal bathroom in a dorm with a bunch of boys and like other boys and like kind of like the stress of that and um, making new friends when you're like really kind of shy and kind of scared about sharing yourself with other people. Mm -hmm. It's very much about opening up and like how to open up and how it's also okay to like keep parts of yourself private until you feel safe enough to trust people with those parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a rom-com. It's going to be really fun. I'm having a really fun time writing about it. And then of course he like gets a crush on his uh, math tutor. So. Okay. That's like adorable. Oh yeah. I'm really, it's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about, like puberty and like all those nerves and then yeah. you're like, also at college i'm like yep yeah like, at college just makes it like 20 times worse absolutely it's great yeah. i love torturing him it's a good time <laughs> my sister's like in her second year of high school and i went to the same one and like every time she tells me something or i find out like something because i make her be my friend on instagram yeah. that's the only way she can be on social media <laughs> i'm just like you're giving me heart attacks i'm like last year i found out that like you have a boyfriend already and he's on the football team so i'm like i'm already dead God. And then she just acts like she knows everything, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hang out again with you when you, like, understand college is, like, destroys your life. Right, just you wait. (laughs) Yeah. So is there anything that, like, helps you when you're writing, like, music or a playlist or, like, TV shows that you have to have on? I heard that you're, like, a huge fan of The Office. My God, I'm obsessed with The Office. (laughs) That's actually, that's so funny that you bring that up. That's usually what I put on as, like, background Mm -hmm. when I'm writing. But if I'm having a hard time kind of getting into something... I do, the first thing I do is I make a playlist. I have playlists for, like, four books for, like, just to kind of get me in the mood. And I also have some for specific characters. And I also really like, I know no one really really uses Pinterest anymore. Oh, my God. But I use it. Okay, do they? Okay, cool. I was like, am I, like, making myself sound like a nerd? I I hear, like, all of these authors who come here, they're like, even though nobody uses Pinterest anymore, I still do. I absolutely still do it because it again, for books and for individual characters, because it gives you that inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really handy. And even when it comes to writing, kind of, like, the kinds of songs that I listen to, like, helps influence and kind of put me into that mindset, right? So, like, for Lost in the Neverwoods, there's a lot of kind of, like, breathy, like, indie songs, right? Because mm-hmm. it's very atmospheric and, like, you're in the woods in the Pacific Northwest. But then for, like, Cemetery Boys, it's got a bunch of, like, trash reggaeton that I'm, like, obsessed with. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, you know, like, kind of music. But, um... Hopefully you'll be releasing these to, like, fans so they can listen to what you're reading. Because, like, when you're talking about, like, the woods in the Pacific Northwest, I'm like, yeah... Because I love by woods, and as soon as, like, the font yeah. hits, it's like, oh, okay, so I'm taking my life and every dear oh, yes. life in my hands right Absolutely, now. Absolutely, <laughs> right? Which is actually um, similar to the opening of Lost in Everwood. Uh, but, yeah, so music and Pinterest boards are super helpful. Those really, <laughs> really help me. So who's your favorite character in The Office? Oh, that's hard. It's, pro- I mean, it's probably Dwight. I love Dwight. So, last year at Emerald City, he was here. Shut up, was yeah, he? Yeah, he looked, people, like, these two girls, like, they made shirts, and they were all dressed in black, and they had red beanies on, and, like, a red Oh, my God, yes! And I remember I, like, followed them down the street after my sister and I had met him, and I'm like, oh, my God, I love your guys' shirt. People brought beats. Oh, my gosh. And more, like, bear- bears eat yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it's just like all of this stuff and my sister's like a huge office fan so is my best friend and they got me into it because apparently i hadn't watched it i thought i did because i'm like my mom watched it when it was coming out and they're like yeah i'm like yeah so it was on and then they're like no have you seen this and i'm like okay so the first like 
three seasons are really hard. Yeah. But I love the pranks. Like, Jim and Dwight so are, like, good. my favorite. And, of course, like, yeah. I just love Jim and Pam. Which yeah, really which is super cute. They're, that's a really cute storyline. I love that one. But, yeah, we get, like, a lot of the office people here around. Yeah. But, uh, the girl that plays Meredith is actually a stand-up comedian. Shut too. up! So she comes to uh, the Admiral Theater over on my side of the water. That's so awesome! Because, like, my parents are, like, ticket holders. They're like, do you know, like, that girl who's in the office? I'm like, okay, so that's not Pacific. I'm like, you yeah. gotta tell me a little bit more. You're like, like there's a lot red of hair. She's really rude. I'm like, yes, I know what you're talking about. And then I went with a friend of mine to Rose City Comic Con, and Stanley was there. Yeah, I heard that he was there. And it freaked me out, because I'm like, I've never seen him smile unless he's in Florida. Like, pairing up to, like, yeah, (laughs) unless he's in Florida. Yeah, and, like, Oscar was there, too. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever been. Because, like, I didn't get to meet, I I only got to meet them because my friend was, like, getting all the stuff signed, and I was helping him. And I'm like, yeah, I'll fall on that bullet for you. I'll go get your stuff signed. Yeah. That's no problem. <laughs> but yeah, that I, when I just saw that, I'm like, that's really great. Because even my best friend is so like, amazing. sometimes do you do office, like you talk about office a little too much, or you like use anecdotes that's or something about that. And I'm like, I don't believe this is that. your fault. <laughs> I'm like, you're the one that got me into this. Hey, you're like, yeah, you created this monster. <laughs> yeah, I started watching like Jim's new TV show that. Oh, the, um, sure. That's like one. two like very like kind of general names like jack ryan or yeah something. jack ryan yeah i just started watching that and i was like standing up yesterday because i just started watching like the first episode and i'm like come on jim get up get up yeah fight and my parents like walked in and they're like that's what not yeah like what are you doing that's not jim and i'm like his, like, no, the world his name him. will always be jim <laughs> yeah. and i'm like he's riding his bike yeah in the first like first scene he's riding his bike and Amazing. i'm just like are you in philadelphia like yeah. you always wanted yeah. to be <laughs> so funny. um has it always been a dream or a goal of yours to write a book that expresses your voice? Like, yes, definitely. I feel like I started writing stories, and that's like in quotation marks. When I was in elementary school, my mom really enjoys talking about how I would spend way too much class time either doodling or kind of writing. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of the week, my teachers would send me home with a plastic bag full of paper of my doodles and my writing <laughs> because I would shove them into my desk and then it would just be overflowing. So I've been doing that for a really long time. But honestly, it wasn't until recently where I was like, oh, I'm allowed to talk about, like, write stories with my voice and my identity. Mm-hmm. That was something that took a really long time to, like, realize. And I think that's just because of the mainstream publishing and, like, books that I had read I'd never seen anything of myself in Mm -hmm. so kind of finally realizing that and feeling empowered by that has been a much more recent turnaround for me and it's been freaking amazing because now I have cemetery boys and I like could not be more stoked about it yeah, I know amazing. a lot of people are very excited. Like every time I go uh, into like the book community world and like all of the stuff with my group, they're like, "Hey, have you heard of this book that's coming yeah. out in 2020?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm so like, crazy. See, to me, that's crazy. I'm like, no so, one knows who I am. I'm just kind of like showing up and trying to. Have a good oh no! Time. It's like I have a friend that goes to like all the different ALAs. Yeah. And she's like, I almost died, guys. Like, getting this book or, like, what her plan is, like, to get certain books. Yeah. And, like, your, one of your books is on the list. Like, oh, my the next gosh, time she crazy. goes. And it just cracks me up. Because, like, she's like, Amazing. do you know? She's like, I almost died trying to get, like, American Royals. <laughs> she's like, I honestly almost died. And she's, like, in her 40s. Cracks me yeah. up. And I'm like. It's intense, man. I'm like, you should just have a podcast of just talking about how absolutely. you almost die trying to get a book. That would I would absolutely listen to that podcast. <laughs> and then, I guess my last question is, like, where can people find you on social media if they want to talk more? 
more about you and find out about your books? Yeah, so uh, my books are on Goodreads, absolutely. I was I had like my first official panel at Rose City Comic Con actually. Oh, that's awesome. And they were like, Oh, at the end of it, they're like, Oh, why don't you guys give out like your social media handler handles and everyone's like, Oh, here's it's like my first name and my last name and then it was me and I was like, It's uh Aiden Schmaden <laughs> <laughs> And everyone started laughing. I was like, No one told me it was supposed to be professional. Um so yeah, I'm on uh Twitter, I'm most active on and I'm on Instagram. And my handle is Aiden Schmaden, which is just my first name. And then Schmaden is S-C-H-M-A-I-D-E-N. That's yeah, those are my main things, yeah. My so main handle is part-time Avenger from high school. See, that's I've amazing. never changed it. <laughs> and whenever I tell people, they, like, always take a second, and they're like, what, wait, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I always, like, when they ask me, like, career day, what you wanted to be, I'm like, yeah. And they're like, but you're, like, 17 when you're in high school. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. I'm like, I always wanted to be a part-time adventure. I'm like, oh, yeah. have you seen those? Hell things? yeah. I'm like, it's cool. I'm like, not a full-time one, because I don't no, want to die. No, that's too much pressure. But <laughs> <just> pressure. <laughs> too much pressure. Yeah, well, thank you so Amazing. much for, like, talking with yeah, me today. thank you.